0: in the garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Wolf. This is our last kickstart for this month.
1: I know, dude. Where did October go? (laughs) Good God.
0: Even with the long, drawn-out baseball games we've had to witness... Well, I've had to because I've worked the last three weeks. It it still was a very short week feeling. It's flown by. Yeah. Lots of... Well, you know. uh, People have already heard about stuff that happened in my life anyways recently so I don't want to get into, get into that crap. We're going to have some fun with this one. This is, yeah. you know, our um we recorded our <laughs> recorded this week's episode yesterday. coming out this Thursday. <laughs> oh yeah, enjoy
1: that. <sighs> All
0: right. Anyway, so so we thought we decided that, you know, with Kickstart, you know, why don't we make some real suggestions and not worry about advanced releases and things that, yeah. you know, we look at and watch this time of year. And like, man, if this comes out now. I've got three movies that each of us have that we're going to share that to really kind of emphasize this month and, and things that I can watch like anytime. I think yeah. I've watched all of these movies multiple times throughout the year. is isn't just this month, but these I have a feeling at least two of these, well, one of these probably of mine anyway, doesn't ever get discussed. And two of them get discussed ad nauseum, but nobody ever really like gets into them and says, watch that, watch that. We always get comparisons. In fact, we have two of mine we've talked a lot about recently, but only in the context of that reminds me of that, that reminds me of that. Uh, anyway, so I'll go ahead and start it off, and I'm going to go for, I'm going to save my one that I think is less worn by people for last. So my first one is 1985's Fright Night from Tom Holland. Oh, and, yeah. Dude, this movie <laughs> never fails to tickle me because it's just the tone, the performances, the the practical effects are just so killer, in that, and and. Yeah, this, Preach, least, man. even the sequel isn't terrible. It's not bad. Um, but it, I like,
1: oh, I'm a big fan.
0: Yeah. The remakes, they're just missing something. And one of those things that they're missing is that tone. They're just, yeah, it's not, it doesn't feel like an updated version of a 1930s movie, which is what no, this is. All. This is just, this is the same vibe. And I'm really, you got a ridiculous 80s dance moment in there. But that's yeah, the only moment in the entire movie that says, I was made in the mid eighties. That's the only thing, but man, I love the shit out of this movie. Chris Sarandon and William Ragsdale. I mean, has he been in anything that you didn't just think, Oh man, I missed him And as, as Charlie, you know?
1: Dude, and, dude I, I love Ragsdale. I'm yeah. always excited when he shows up in something.
0: And of course, and Amanda Beers who went on to be the next door neighbor, huh? Right. On Married with children. And, and to me, like when she first started up on Married with children, I'm like, Oh, look at look. Oh my gosh, it's Amy! You know, I didn't, I didn't think of her as anything else because I don't remember no. her name being anything else. But dude. only
1: fraternity vacation with uh, Stephen Jeffries. All right, Evil I forgot
0: Ed. that he, she is. That's the man. only
1: other thing I can ever remember ever seeing her in.
0: <laughs> Ronnie McDowell just, Ugh. just dialing in his chicken shit Peter Cushing. It's like you know what I mean. He's
1: <laughs> dude. He is on fire. He is hamming it up. I mean, yes. he is. It's like the role of a lifetime. I mean, he had a lot of great roles, you know, in Planet of the Apes. But to me, this is like, when I think of Roddy McDowell, the first thing I think of is Fright Night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's,
1: Quintessential he's, role.
0: Yeah. And this, because he recognized, I mean, Tom Holland clearly laid out, in this script anyway, and, and on set, what he was looking for from everybody. And everybody was... They played it perfectly. Every There's not one thing about this movie performance-wise that makes me go, what movie are you in? Never, 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 never. Of course, like you mentioned, Stephen Jeffrey's playing evil Ed. Everybody had career roles in this movie. Everybody. It's it's Fright Night, man. <laughs> it's all there's to it. Yeah. I can't wait to show this to Joey because he hasn't seen it yet. And I, I think you might be close to being ready. I have to watch it again to just kind of refresh myself as opposed to the... It being a fan of the movie, I need to watch it again from through dad eyes. Just make sure I think he's all right. It's the whole sex thing. I'm not kind of... I forgot how freaky-deaky it gets, you know, but uh, anyway.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's... Dude, I think... But I don't want to mix it it up.
0: Yeah, but I just don't want to mix it up with whatever (laughs) debacle the the remakes were. (laughs) Because I remember pieces of that, and that gets a little, (laughs) little dicey. But yeah, 1985's Fright Night is my first pick.
1: All right. Well, my first pick. I'm going to go uh, my my mainstream pick uh, is Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell. Yes. Um, which, by the way, uh, if you have the, I'm going to watch the disc. Uh, I have the the uh, collector's edition from Shout. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's fantastic. I mean, it's got some great stuff on it. But if you don't have it, it is on Stars right now. Um, you know. So if you if you just want to, you know, I try to pick three that were on that we're streaming in case you, you know, one of them, I failed and you'll find out what that is soon. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but Drag Me to Hell, man, is so much fun. Um, Justin Long, uh, Allison Lohman, right? Is that her That's name? Allison I, Lohman. Yeah, the, yeah. the only other thing yeah. I remember seeing Allison in, and I loved her in it was Matchstick Men.
0: And and then, yeah, she's, um, yeah, she's great in that. We've talked about a Gamer, and it's not your, it's not your movie. So. Ah,
1: gamer, yeah, gamer, I mean, it just didn't miss the mark for me. I mean, yeah. I I think I was expecting too much from Gamer. It's yeah. something I probably should revisit because I might like it. Um, I just remember going into it. Um, I knew a lot of people who had worked on it, and it had been really built up for me. And and I just kind of felt like, let, I think that, that and Law Abiding Citizen, the two movies that kind of came out within a... You know, very close to one another, Jarred Butler type movies. I
0: right.
1: didn't even remember she was in it, so maybe now I will rewatch it.
0: Yeah, she it came out the same year as Drag Me to Hell, and I really thought those two movies were going to really blow her up, and unfortunately, right. they didn't. And I guess that for a lot of, for in a lot of ways, it's not great for her career, but maybe it might be better for her performances. But she's great in it to me, and, and you mentioned Justin Long, but I, I forget. I think Laura, Lorna Raver. I think Lorna Raver is the name of the woman that plays. Yes,
1: the, yeah. uh, the gypsy, are, yes. Um, yeah. she's fantastic.
0: For some reason, when I first saw the the trailer for it, when it came out, I thought, oh man, is he is he using Ted? <laughs> is he using right? Ted in yeah, makeup? Because yeah, totally. that's his go-to, right? Yeah. No, this actress, she played a, a, a Sylvia Ganesh, right? I can remember how they pronounce her last name, it was Ganesh. And yes, she's just kidding. an elderly gypsy woman and, and they just kicked her out of her house because she was just looking for an extension on her mortgage. It, it fits so perfectly for a movie that came out in 2009 with the whole prime debacle. Right. And, and people losing all their homes, dude, it was just, it fit perfectly. And that's the thing that I think a lot of good horror movies are if they feel in the moment and, Obviously, when they were shooting this, they didn't know this stuff. I mean, they didn't...
1: No, I, no. Timing's everything.
0: Timing is everything. And and people losing their homes is a is a fear that a lot of family, you know, like parents have. And uh, so, man, did it fit perfectly. And, dude, it's so yeah. well-paced. And... It's like,
1: to me, it's such, such a great throwback to, like, the Raimi that I love. You yeah. know, I mean, he had kind of, you know, the Spider-Man movies were okay. I mean, I but it wasn't, you know... I don't feel like that those cater to his strong points and why I love Sam Raimi as much as this movie does. Yeah.
0: There's <laughs> lots of really cool things that the people, you know, the people that work at, with Allison at her at the bank. Are, oh, yeah. Are, they're such dicks. And dude, and David Paymer. Yeah, Paymer's awesome. <laughs> who I love. Yeah. He, I mean, this movie, I one hundred percent agree. This boy between the two of them we just mentioned so far, this one is always forgotten. I I feel like it's either forgotten or just people aren't aware of it. So, yes, yeah, it's, it, me it it's,
1: it's dude, and can't, it's hard for me to believe it's been eleven years.
0: Yeah, since
1: I, it came out, and I, <laughs> and would I was have, I thought me. it was like two thousand twelve or thirteen. I was like two thousand
0: nine, and it didn't do poorly either. I think it did no. close to 100 hundred, you know, yeah, worldwide. Pretty good. Which isn't bad. I mean, no, not
1: especially, and especially for the time it came out.
0: And there's no stars in it. Yeah, some people might recognize Justin Long, but I mean, he was
1: famous from the Apple commercials. Yeah, he was a a Mac. Yeah,
0: he was a Mac. (laughs) Then
1: and his buddy was a PC.
0: This movie drove people to seats just because it's Sam Raimi, and at the time, people were like, "What's this movie?" Because it came out in March, or no, no, it came out like May. It was a summer movie, I think. Which is such Uh, a bizarre thing.
1: May 29th, 2009. There you go. Summer movie. Yeah, it was kicking off the summer.
0: That's weird. But but I think also, I think some people that weren't aware of Sam's work before Spider-Man kind of fell in line with that because they... Oh, I know that guy's name. But still, this... Ugh, dude.
1: I, I think that's even how they, like, they were pumping it from the director of Spider-Man one, two, and three. <laughs> Probably,
0: <laughs> and, and this was, you know, this oh, was produced. Oh, and Darkman. Yeah. Because because it was a Universal release. Yeah. And this is also, this is like one of the first ones that Ghost House Pictures did. You know, Sam's I think company. This is,
1: I think this is, the, I think this is the first one. I think this was the, was the inaugural um, film for Ghost
0: House. For him, it was. Oh, my, I forgot. Wow, they did a lot of stuff. They did the Grudge remakes.
1: Oh God, the, the, the early yeah. two thousand, the Michelle Geller ones.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's I, for me. I just think of it as for him. Like, finally, he did. Like, but that was his first movie for Ghost House. Yes, he, 100
0: percent. Yeah. And those Messenger movies, the Boogeyman's. He did all three Grudge movies before he got, to, uh, before they got to Drag Me to Hell, and Thirty Days a Night.
1: Yeah, right. Which is another fun movie.
0: And, you know what? I get while we're talking about this, um, Ghost House Pictures also did the Poltergeist remake, and you know, yeah. See, here's the thing: ah. take the Poltergeist name out of it; it's not a sure. bad movie. It's, uh, exactly. Retitle it, it. Yeah, retitle it. It's like when when John Karabi joined Motley Crue when they fired Vince Neil. That right. was that. That was the best incarnation of that band that's ever going to be musically. It's, but I it's still their second best album. Yeah, no, no, totally. There's a lot of things that Ghost House has done, but I got to think the cream of the crop of that list probably is what you just We're discussing right now. Is yeah, Drag me to hell Totally. Because, and, then, and the problem is we can't talk about it too much. <laughs> nope. Don't want to give
1: anything away. Nope. If you haven't seen it, nope. you're, you're in for a fucking hell of a ride. It's really, it's a lot of fun. It's a perfect Halloween movie. You know, as soon as it gets dark, you can start with this and then go forward.
0: Yep. My number two is, uh, I I can't recall how many times I've mentioned this movie, but it's 1981's The Howling from Joe Dante. And I I think I've seen this movie probably in the neighborhood of how many times I've seen Empire Strikes Back because I wanted to do this. I wanted to be in practical effects when I was younger. And this was the movie more than American Werewolf that made me go, I want to do this. Because again, tone. Yes, we talk about American Werewolf is funny and it's got its moments and it's very John Landisy, just like Blues Brothers. It feels like Blues Brothers. It feels like Animal House, but oh, in yeah. that in a different environment. But the howling, when the transformation scenes happen in the howling, I just feel like that just feels so much more violent than it would be. Than the than playing Blue Moon underneath <laughs> while somebody's changing. Right. But this movie's indescribably amazing. There's nothing I found. I never find anything in this movie that doesn't make me think, oh, man, this movie didn't get seen by enough people. You know, and, and, dude, 1981 for a movie to only cost one and a half million. Can you believe that, though, this movie? One and a half million. Right. And that's just obscene to me. And it's not because of, I mean, the cast is fucking great. We were talking before about... About, uh, you know, with, with Ronnie McDowell and and how great he is. And I a Patrick Mackney, too. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> He's so great. So the two Brits in a row just having fun with what they're doing. And, you know, you know, Patrick, if you have watched the Avengers TV show, not the Marvel Avengers, there's a reason why you have to stamp everything with Marvel at the beginning because there was a TV show originally called right. The Avengers. Dinah Reg. Yeah. And we just lost earlier this year, right? Correct. Dee Wallace, um, her husband and Christopher Stone. Stone's in it, uh, Belinda, Belin- yeah, Belinda Belinsky, who's in almost every single Joe Dante movie and a, a man you'll recognize by face, but who has like become a, you know, the go-to director for Adam Sandler movies is Dennis Dugan. Yeah. Yeah. And he's great in it, playing the boyfriend of, of Belinda. Dude, the howling is so much fun. This one I can't really show to Joey yet because you know, again, <laughs> stealing. Yeah, it, it's
1: it's it's dude, it's, just it's just a hard art, man. <laughs> just seeing Elizabeth Brooks, right? Uh, would be too much for uh, Joey, I think, at this point. Still. Yeah.
0: You know what's badass is the Scream Factory Blu-ray for this is tremendous. It's got every. Oh, it's got so many extra things on it. It's so cool. They have a little outtake of all of animator Phil Tippett's work because they were going to use a ton of animation in this like stop motion and uh, cell animation. In fact, you see some cell animation um, towards the end and a little bit of it too, when the sister Quist and, and Christopher Stone, like get it on the middle of the forest when they pan up, it's, it's, it's a cell animation of them transforming and doing oh, it yeah. as they pan up. But right after the fire, At the end of the movie, um, I'm not giving anything away because I don't don't think anybody's audience has not seen this movie. If you haven't, I'm not spoiling anything. There's a fire at the end because it's California. Yeah, man. It's on on fire here. There's three werewolves standing upright, but it's all stop motion. Thinking again, this is the same kind of thing that that Phil Tippett did for Steven Spielberg in preparation for Jurassic Park. Where, man, Mm -hmm. at one point they were going to do that. They were going to go old school stop motion. Which would have been obviously uh, obviously not as effective, <laughs> right? But it made it made really good pre for Jurassic Yeah, Park. absolutely. But his work in the Howling was supposed to be much more substantial. But you know they leaned so heavily on because I, I think there was this unassuredness think, that Rob Bottin was going to do what he said he could do. They killed it. They killed it. Yeah, and I. Yeah and you know there's always this this Rick Baker versus Rob Bottin thing don't just stop they're both amazing artists right and you, don't you, to, know,
1: you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to like one and not like the other
0: right rob Bottin was was baker's apprentice so there was some weird thing going on behind the scenes who knows if, you know uh, as far as like oh he stole my 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 ideas as far as how they were going to the techniques they were going to use to doesn't, who cares? Everybody uses them now, except for movies like silver bullet.
1: Right. (laughs) And maybe something else. Something Um, else. Yeah.
0: So the howling 81, if you don't already own it and that shout factory screen release is just
1: Oh yeah, I mean, dude, and it's it's dude. The, the whole movie is just sprinkled with Joe Dante awesomeness. Yes, I mean, you get all Joe's people. You get Kevin McCarthy. You get Slim Pickens shows up. Bob Picardo. Yeah. Dick Miller's in the movie. I and, mean, but, look, and, and by
0: the way, Picardo, you will never, ever, ever, nope. ever see him in a role like this before. You won't even or recognize after, him, and you won't recognize him. Do you know how how long I was? I I was probably in the in the twenties, somewhere around there of how many times I'd seen the movie before I realized who it was. I never bothered yeah. I mean I knew he was in the movie. I go, but I didn't think about it. I'm always getting into the movie. I never thought, hey, where's Robert Ricardo at? You know when I realized where he when it was when it was him, it was <laughs> when I saw Inner Space. Wow. When I go, who's the guy playing the cowboy? And I'm looking, going, Robert Ricardo. And I go, he kind of looks like the guy. F- oh my God. Right. That's when it hit me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. He's great. He, I mean, it's and he, you know, he, he, he's, he's the first thing you see in the movie.
0: He, he elevates the movie. And when you, <laughs> that's acting.
1: I, yeah, I, I could go on about this. We could, we could do a whole episode on the howling. Yeah. Jesus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. A howling.
1: That poster, man. I mean, when I was a kid, it was yes. that the box art is what got me like, I was like, oh, I got to see this.
0: That one sheet has been around forever and I, I want to say I saw a lenticular version of it at one point, but I I think I'm thinking of another movie that, yeah, that cover art, dude, it was on the books on the, cause the book that this is based on a novel and that John Sayles did a adaptation on, but it, it works so well across the board. As soon as you see you, I mean, I remember walking by B Dalton as a kid. I'm like, oh yes. And boy, let me tell you something. That sex scene I'm trying to avoid with Joey—it's far more detailed.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, man! It's so crazy. Like you just that you just mentioned. Um, God, back in the '80s, man, every movie was novelized, uh, or oh, yeah. if it was from a novel, they immediately threw the uh, poster or you know key art yep. from the film on the yeah. book.
0: Now a major motion picture slapped yeah. on there, yeah. And, That's it's, back and when if,
1: people still went to bookstores,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when there was still a B Dalton.
0: Oh B. Dalton.
1: <laughs> I loved B. Dalton.
0: Um, but I also like when you do those novelizations too. Some you know, sometimes they'll right in the middle stick photos uh from the movie in there. As if <laughs> as if you're uh you're the 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 book wasn't supposed to be enough to create the visual in your head. <laughs> you to watch it look at some pictures. Yeah, I'm not a child, I don't I don't need a picture book. But yeah, the howling eighty one, badass. Yeah, man. The, oh, I should mention too, I did buy the book and my mom took it away from me. Really? Yeah.
1: That's hilarious. Yeah. She because goes, of the content or she just removed <laughs> the cover? Or- she does.
0: though, no. It was the, I, I think she just kind of put two and two together. She said, you know, I know books are more detailed. I've seen the movie. I don't know if oh, I want to. yeah. there you yeah. go. So sure. I'm like, I'm 12, mom. Get over it. Come on. <laughs> and she only knew how many times I'd seen the movie.
1: All right. Well, my number 2 is uh is something a little off the beaten path, but you can stream it. It is uh 2014 Adam Robitel's The Taking of Deborah Logan. Oh yeah. Which uh is a scary, freaky fucking movie, man. Yeah. Um it is it's it's really uh, it 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 flew under the radar. Uh I I recently just saw it like last summer. But man, what a fucking scary, shocking, and a movie that kind of stays with you. Like there's some imagery in this movie that you were not going to be able to get out of your head. Yeah. And I don't want to give anything away. Um, you know, I'll give you the, the, the it's, you know, it, there's an elderly, it, it's a woman, she's battling Alzheimer's. Um, she lets a film crew into her house to film the condition. And, uh, and through the course of, the next 90 minutes uh it, it is just totally batshit and bizarre and scary and all of the things that I loved when I was a kid and this movie reminded me of what it was like to be a kid seeing something that I had no I didn't know anything about it I just I saw it was on prime and I was like wow I kind of like the poster and I was like yeah whatever I'm gonna give it a spin and man uh, it delivers the goods. I don't know if you've seen it, but man, it, the, the woman who plays Sarah Logan, uh, Ann Ramsey, the only thing I'd ever seen Ann Ramsey in, and I didn't realize it was her. Uh, she plays the first baseman in, in a league of their own, uh, you know, back in 92, 93. Right. Uh, so I hadn't seen her ever again until the taking to Deborah Logan. And you don't really, she's unrecognizable, um, and man, talking about some excellent practical effects and some, some really good use of the camera, man. Uh, I'm telling you, if you haven't seen this movie and you're looking for something scary to watch on uh Halloween, this is it.
0: I have never seen it. And it's oh. always the, the cover always kind of gets me in with my grandfather suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's. I was kind of like, oh man, I don't know if I want I to. Yes,
1: wanna. it is. It, your frame of reference uh, is different than mine, right. but it, but it's a movie that's literally scared the shit out of me. I mean, and I'm grown up and <laughs> not really nothing bothers me like that, but like there was some images in it that really, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, yeah so that that's my second pick, <laughs> the taking of Deborah Logan.
0: My third pick is something that we've talked about a lot about doing and it was supposed to have been, we were going to do it last October and I don't know what happened, but I think because we ended up having too many movies <laughs> or I think maybe, I think it dropped streaming. off of,
1: it did, it yeah. dropped off of uh, Prime.
0: Yeah, that's what it was. So one of us owned it and the other one didn't. And so one of us couldn't see it, even though one of us, me, <laughs> knows it pretty well, we need the refresh and I didn't get a chance to get it. But anyway, it is on Stars this month. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not um, streaming anywhere else. But it is, again, man, this is another one I don't think people have seen. 1988 Spellbinder from Janet Greek. And I love the fact that this movie is directed by a woman. and, And I believe it's written by a woman, too. And to me, that just says so much, especially when you see the movie. I don't want to say anything more about it other than who's in it. Yeah, Tim Daly from, you know, from Wings and the recently passed Kelly Preston, who is fantastic in it.
1: Yeah, man.
0: There's a couple of people now you might recognize. Um, What's the, what's homeboy from uh, Rick Rosevich? Yes, Rick Rosevich from Top Gun, Terminator, and Terminator, and Terminator, yeah. And uh, dude, this is unfortunate. I I realized when I picked this one, we can't talk about it. (laughs)
1: Right, I know you can't go give everything away. Yeah, and and people probably haven't seen
0: it. No, no, they haven't. But it's on stars. If it's not rent it. It's it's worth you It's worth two bucks. I promise and, you.
1: And you got to throw a shout out to uh, Audra Lindley who played Mrs.
0: Roper on Drees yes. Company because yes. she's
1: she's really good in it. Yes,
0: I mean um, every, the the whole supporting cast is great. Yeah, in man. Way. And by the way, we need to point out our man MC Gainey's in it. Uh, he is so <laughs> well, there MC you go see um spellbinder man just does just, just seek it out and if you haven't seen it I mean look it it is it's 80s through and through it don't get me wrong but the movie works on such a a level that you think you're oh. watching one movie and you're not
1: it's, and it, I'm not it, and it. I'm not
0: spoiling anything I'm not I'm not telegraphing anything by saying that at all
1: no not at all, it, and it's '80s in the best way, in right. all the best ways.
0: Right. and like *Fright Night* was. It's it's yes. It recognizes what it's doing, and it recognizes the surrounding. I don't hate to use the word product here, but the surrounding media, as far as the kind of movies that were being put out, television that was being produced, that make you go, it, may, it it works against those things, which is great. It works against those those tropes and perfectly and if
1: you tell me if you tell me you see the ending coming i'm gonna call you a liar
0: yeah you're a liar
1: (laughs) uh all right well what would it be if my last pick was not from the 80s um and it is Streets of fire (laughs) no i wish um i'm gonna say that uh it's it's probably a little known movie from the 80s uh but it's real fun um you can pick up the you can pick up the blu-ray from shout uh, I did as soon as they, as soon as they announced it, I pre-ordered it and I bought it uh, a couple years ago, but it is 1989's I, Madman, uh, directed by Tibor Techx, I'm guessing. I'm not sure really how to say his last, last name, um, but uh, it stars Jenny Wright and Clayton Ronner, who uh, if you're familiar with films in the eighties, you know, both these people, yep. Clayton Rahner was in uh, a lot of things, um, just one of the guys. April Fool's Day, uh, amongst others. Jenny Wright was in, uh, she's most famous for being May and Near Dark. That's right. where most of everybody will know her from. She was in, uh, she shows up in Young Guns. She's the object of Rick Moranis' uh, unwanted affection <laughs> in um, the wildlife. Right. Uh, but uh, Jenny Wright and Clayton Ronner, uh I'm just going to read you the little blurb here uh, just to wet, the, wet your whistle. A bookshop clerk and wannabe actress starts seeing the disfigured killer from a 1950s pulp novel come to life and starts killing the people around her. She tries to convince her cop boyfriend, but to no avail. This movie uh, has, a, again, it kind of fits in with, um, it knows exactly what it is. It kind of fits into uh, very much like Fright Night. Um, it, it It's embracing the uh, the pulpy 1950s uh, trashy novels um, you know, it, it takes, it takes its cue it, it, in tone, the uh, killer. And a lot of that, uh, plays, you could, you could, you could watch this with Fright Night. You can watch this with any of these films, but it's a really fun film that, uh, a lot of people haven't seen, uh, you know, so if you're looking for something fun and a little different, um, that will tick all of your horror boxes on this Halloween, check out I Madman
0: there you go. from
1: Shout Factory. He also directed the Gate, so you know if you like the Gate, check out I because he did this right after the Gate.
0: Yeah, um, was, he, yeah, you know, and David Chasekin, who who wrote this, I mean, he before that he did. I mean, this is kind of a that was kind of a big deal for. Can you imagine being taxed with being the first writer, your first writing job of being the sequel to Nightmare on Elm Street, the very first right? sequel? <laughs> That's and you know that one—that movie's becoming more of a classic now. People are, you know, are kind of right. Getting, people, yeah, yeah revisionist they're, is history. They're, you know, they're appreciated <laughs> it now because people kind of like bugged out about it with the, <laughs> with, 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 with again talking about tone. And, you know, basically the movie is about disguise and Nightmare on Elm Street. movies it's about a a a man who's struggling with his sexuality. We had like actually laid out to us by the director. That's what it's about. Yeah. but can you imagine being taxed with that? And then he did the curse. Remember the curse? Well,
1: I love the curse with Will Wheaton. Yeah, I was just gonna mention that.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's another one of those ones that hit like around well, like the year I think the year I graduated.
1: It's '87, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same that. same year I think as the gate.
0: Yes, and it's the, the I think the two movies got confused with some people. The curse is fun, and then i Mad Man came out a couple of years later. Honestly, I've never even seen i Mad Man, but so oh, now, dude, it's so
1: much fun! You gotta check it out. List. It's on yeah, my list. It's on my list now. <laughs> it's uh you know it, it's a good time it, it's it, it's funny it's scary it's clever um it's very 80s um as far as you know nudity and all the things that people love about love the 80s for <laughs> it's got them all uh you know uh, and it and it's not you know it doesn't overstay its welcome i think it clocks in around just under 90 minutes maybe 88 89 minutes um so you know there's no, uh, it gets right to the point and it, and it moves along nicely. It's a fun movie. You know, you could watch it first. You could watch it last. Uh, you can watch it somewhere in the middle. Um, but yeah, man, those are, that's, so that's what I got for this Halloween.
0: Way you go. I can't believe this time next week, it's November. Um, I know. If we got two months of this year left, but I'll, I'll say it at the end because, and I'll say it again next week, especially with it being the Monday before. If you haven't already do it, go go vote now you can every state as of the 29th has um early voting available to you there was a, there were some there was like two states left one on the 22nd and one on the 29th but now they're all all 50, 50 states are available for early voting so do it damn it it's like you, yes. have, you it's it's this is beyond you don't have a right to complain kind of thing. It, you just, I think for the sake of everybody, you got to, you have the right. So you should fucking do it. That's all there is to do. Yeah, that. man. Anyway, yeah, absolutely. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Cope or the official at Karate Pod or on Letterbox at Corey underscore Cope. And if you want to support us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash podcast.
1: If you'd like to follow Freddie, you can follow me at Raven Shattuck on Twitter, of 33 on your Instagram, or at Tom Cody on Letterboxd. That's Tom, Tom Cody. Cody.